Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Madam Me. The sunrise. He sings a lot about uh, times of day sunrise, on this record. Sunset. I mean that's what it is, right? There's you got you got this one, you got that one, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, baby. But hey, let me start by saying that if you're listening to this as it comes out, you're listening to this on Tuesday. I I hope that you're on your way to vote, please. Yeah, that'll be good. Fucking yeah, do the do the goddamn right thing. These fuckers out of here. I got into a huge argument at work today about voting. It was unfun. What is there to argue about? A lot. Yeah, sure. Oh my god! I sometimes I just get into moments with people where I'm like, "How do you exist?" That's kind of how I felt today. A lot of today. Basically, the argument was, I was like, "Yes, I think we should encourage people to vote." However, I don't think you should just like take someone else's opinion as gospel. Like maybe look into it yourself and form your own opinions. And people were like, well, what do you know about it? I'm like, I'm just saying we should maybe not like all move as a monolithic whole on issues that are not that simple. Um, and I don't think that's a controversial opinion. So my thing is, even if like you disagree with my politics, make an informed decision and get out there and do the thing. Yes. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen to uh, people who aren't just like you. Yeah. Um, but hey. Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. My name is Tim. His name is David. Correct. We haven't seen each other in a minute. It has been a little bit now. We are, I guess, gearing up for uh, the month of November in which lots of things are happening. You're uh, yeah. going away. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is coming up. My parents just moved back to the United States. My birthday is coming up. So many good things. So many things to celebrate. So, hey... Let's celebrate this week with a song from Maybe I'll Catch Fire, the second song from the second LP. Hmm, good intro. Amazing uh, how that works. Uh, I Before we get into this song, I want to talk about something that I've always... Uh, this song, I'm going to tip my hand here a little bit. I like and dislike in, in different ways, uh-huh. but... I've always felt it fits the cover art so well. Like when I hear this song, I just see that album cover in my head. Yeah. Um, because it's maybe my favorite album cover of theirs. Because they mm. don't really have another one like it. And I remember getting this record for the first time and just being so drawn in by like, this feels different. It and, really does. And yeah. I, it's like, maybe I'll catch fire, I think is... It's an interesting record just being the follow-up to God Damn It, which was Lightning in a Bottle. And you see, I think, a lot of moments on this record where you have Matt kind of firmly establishing his territory. Yeah. You have Dan coming in and making his presence be felt, at least in terms of LP. Obviously, the I Lied My Face Off EP is two songs for each of them. Mm-hmm. Dan's is the title track. Yeah. But as far as LPs go, here's Dan like coming to the forefront and saying 10 songs, 
I've got three of them, and they're all going to make a difference, all in different ways, really. And one is the title track again, mm-hmm. uh, which is really fascinating because like that song, lyrically, again, makes perfect sense with the artwork and all those things. But I, I think what made this era of the band so compelling to me of like, God damn it, lied my face off this, is that every time I saw the albums, before I even heard it, they just look so different. And this one felt so different from everything that came before it. It wasn't that stark black, red, orange type of thing. It was just this bright orange and like just like a photo that I believe Heather took of an actual fire on the street. And it was just so compelling to me and it really it it, it really it it added a level of mystery to this record that has carried with me to today strangely yeah i like that and i feel like you you feel a lot of those aspects really really insert themselves into this song in particular Mm -hmm. and a couple of other songs on the record that yeah stand out as being like what this record is as far as the establishment of of the alkaline trio moving forward moving into a a space where it's like all right we have one record that blew up in a sense and now we're going to establish our identity moving forward totally and i think we talked about a good amount of songs off this record you Mm -hmm. know so far doing this and no two of them aside from maybe she took him to the lake and you've got so far to go are really that similar um and this one is the one that I've – it's funny because listening to it again today, it starts and I'm like, yeah, cool. Right. And then by the end, I'm kind of like, all right, it's it's a fine song. And I think it's because, one, I think nothing is better than the intro and the verses in this. Like I think Matt's riff is really weird and kind of ugly and mm-hmm. kind of off, and I love that. It's so funny because you hear that and you you think like – Wow, he this is the first time he kind of does this, but then you look at Stupid Kid, which is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Only it's just so much brighter and yeah, it's not as ugly as this Yeah. One. And I like him when he's doing that and I think so much of this early era that we talk about and and both really love is a lot of it is kind of ugly and weird, which is the appeal to me. But I do think it's funny that you bring up Stupid Kid cuz this really feels like in the chorus him doing that for the first time, the stuff that would really surface on from here to infirmary and kind of become more of the template moving forward like it has more of a straightforward chorus not a lot of chord changes really um and while i think his vocal performance is good the vocal melody doesn't feel as strong as what came before it yeah it's this song feels like an attempt to do something that's not more easy to replicate but just has a lot more of a traditional structure sure because so much of god damn it just doesn't have that at all yeah and this is an attempt that i think is good but it's not great sure and it has its flaws but the idea of working with a verse chorus like a main riff yeah all of that is is there and you feel like he's trying to do that and he's trying to establish a kind of just songwritery presence to things i mean um, that makes a lot of sense and i also think it serves as like kind of a necessary shift after keep them coming which i do really like but it's long yeah you know and, and like that's a song that's like strange in that 
there's moments that are really fast. It's kind of a lot happening in it, but it in my brain it's like that's a slow to mid tempo song. Even though there are like fast parts happening. Well, the fast parts are kind of like what they come in to kind of just pick things up because he has such long verses in there. Mm-hmm. Every time the tempo picks up, it's he's really just doing a copy of what he did for the first half of the yep. of the verse and it's like, "All right, we need to we need to do something cuz uh, we got to keep people's attention." Yeah, it's one of those songs where and I'm sure we discussed this in that episode, but like can't imagine they were like it's hard for me to see them writing a song like that now where it's like it's gonna be like four and a half minutes and it's gonna kind of just like do this for 32 measures no no and if if they do they're lapping a lot of different production things on top of it yeah as opposed to just having the pace of the drums pick up yeah um so i think this is a weird song for me to talk about because in my head or like listening to it as part of the record the issues i have with it don't really surface as much but listening to it in a vacuum i'm kind of like oh yeah i don't think this chorus hits in the way it should but like oh i love this riff and i love matt's vocal delivery and i really like some of the lyrics and really dislike some of the others and that's stuff i don't know if i would have said if you just came up to me on the street and were like oh mad at me i'm like yeah cool song yeah right right, right. until i really analyzed it on its own it gave me a very different view of it i think that i kind of have that opinion on maybe i'll catch fire as an lp Mm -hmm. i don't think that it's a very strong record from front to back uh, but I do think that every song has at least redeeming qualities to it. And yeah. then there are some that I think are great. And then there are others that it's kind of a feeling of like, this is cool because they never do this again. And thinking about it in the greater context yeah. of the discography, um, those are important moments to kind of note. And I think is my appreciation for things has aged so has my appreciation for the songs that they try to do that they never really do again yeah i mean i i think it's a record that has had the most shifts in me liking it and not liking it over the course of my life because when i first got it i was kind of like in a similar space of like really like some of these songs don't really dislike anything but some are and not my thing as much then because like i knew everything else so well and because it was kind of weird, it kind of became more of a favorite because it was so kind of singular mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of like not an overarching theme. Like these things don't really feel like it's all pieces of a whole. It doesn't really feel like, oh, this was all written as a record. But to me, it, it's really started to feel more and more like a NLP. When I think of it, when I'm in the mood for Maybe I'll Catch Fire, I'm in the mood for all of it. And I think that's the unique thing about it is it's really transferred from being kind of like, oh, I want to listen to like this song and kind of like skip through it to now being like, oh, when I put it on, it's because I am specifically in a mood for this kind of weird thing that touches a lot of different points. And it's hard for me to think of other records that serve that similar focus or serve that similar function with like a punk mindset and a punk approach of like, I want a record that's going to have a four and a half minute kind of plotting mid-demo song. And then I want a two minute song about piss. Like, 
Let's talk about piss for a second. Yeah. Because I think that is is kind of a point for for of contention, I guess, for some people. Like, I don't really... I've never felt that this chorus sticks very well. Mm. And I think that the lower than piss and warmer the piss has a lot to do with it. Because that's such a... At once, it's nonspecific. And also, what... What is that? It's, yeah, the lower than piss line I've never understood. It's also weird that, like, this is the record, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to say it, that this is has the two songs where he sings about shit. Um, <laughs> really, I mean, because this is the start of him trying to do the really stereotypical dark alkaline trio thing. Right, this is before vampires. This yeah. is... Yeah, but I mean, Grant is not that far. Like, Tuck Me In is not that far off from that. Right. But I've always felt like Tuck Me In is the superior version of this type of song on this LP. Well, I think that, like, going into going into that, like, you look at the verses on this song, and they're so strong. They're very good. They are very evocative. They paint a portrait, and also they get into the specifics of, like, you know, the idea of just, you know, waking up feeling terrible, feeling like a sun just beating on mm-hmm. you. And then the chorus just feels like a downshift from that. I agree. And I think, well, it's interesting too, because I think the reason that verse works so well, in my opinion, is his vocal delivery is very weird. It's like, it is actually kind of creepy and like unsettling, but he's also, it's one of the first times he's really doing the thing where he's not playing guitar through a verse. He's doing that kind of pullback thing. Shout out to Dan. Yeah. Dun-dun. 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 Yeah. Dun-dun. And like, I like that. I think it's very tightly constructed in the verses. And then when it shifts into that more kind of straightforward chorus, and it's not, it feels in between shifting the song into a big hooky thing and staying in this dark, weird place. And the, kind ho- of, the hook to me just isn't there. Yeah. It's not super strong. I think what when I think of the song, I think of almost every other part of it. Mm-hmm. As like, oh, that's cool. Or, oh, I really like that. But the chorus, like, you know, when we start this episode and you sang the the sunrise part, like, that's the part that I think of when I think of this song. And I think of those verses. And I think of when he's, you know, it does pick up a little bit to go back into the verse of like, bleeding, please don't go, you know, that whole thing. I like that move back into it. When it goes into the more straightforward part, it feels like you're getting away from what the song needs to be a little bit. And um, it doesn't like ruin it for me, but it is weird to look at it on its own and not know, not knowing that it's in between Keep Them Coming and You've Got So Far To Go. Yeah, it it's just like it's it to me clearly like doesn't it doesn't hit the like first half of the chorus doesn't really like catch you it's just funny because you know every aspect of the verse has a hook and it's mm-hmm. also like so those screams are so great and so you good. latch on to them and it just feels like kind of an afterthought that the chorus comes and i never have really felt like the madam me is predicting that your answer would be yes line is you know kind of that end of the hook that he's trying to it's it's an attempt it's a very very solid attempt it is not there yeah i i I think vocally i love it and i i would say that maybe on this record 
some of his most interesting vocal performances. Not necessarily best, but it's the most kind of just all over the place. And that's the appeal of it to me is I like him kind of putting on this like, I'm going to sing about a fortune teller type of vibe, you know, and even when it doesn't work, I still find it interesting, you know, and that's, that's, I think how I've kind of always viewed maybe I'll catch fire as a record is like, even when it doesn't work, nothing's ever bad. And I'm always kind of interested in the choices that are being made, even if I don't necessarily agree with them. And I can't say that about a lot of things. And maybe that's just my fandom getting in the way, but like, I do think it is compelling in how it doesn't really glue together. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's, it's funny to look at God damn it and feel like it's so fully formed, Mm -hmm. but this is the first one that they have to write. This is the first one where they have to actually figure out a way to like build a sustainable enterprise out of all of it. And it's interesting too, because there's that old famous trope of, have your whole life to write your first record, da, 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 da. Which, like, is partially true, but, like, that kind of overlooks the fact that they did a demo and they did a 7-inch and comp stuff and EP and album. Like, they had written nearly 10 songs before doing an LP. Right. You know? In a sense, God damn it, is almost the second LP if we're just talking in terms of amount of material. Lied my face off for great songs following. And showing a really different thing. And I think... This record really sets up what comes next um, in the next six years of the band. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's, I just find myself always really compelled by things where you're like, oh, like on a long enough timeline, this is really interesting. Like if this was just a single record in a vacuum, I don't know if I would like it the way I do. But having it kind of in the middle of a really strong arc is really compelling to me. You know, because it's not a falling on their face thing, but it's it's them trying to do something different, even if I think they would never admit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's all of that being said, they do come out with some fucking bangers on this that, you know, the idea that you have radio, maybe I'll catch fire. You've got so far to go, like on Took here to just yeah to just like carry that ship, even if there are a couple holes in it. And uh, one of my favorite songs on it is one that most people think is a hole on it, and I can't wait to talk about I it. I can't wait to talk to you about that one. Uh, something that's been on my mind, I guess, as we're talking about a fortune teller. Mm. You ever go to a fortune teller? I did once when I was in college. Yeah, uh, mostly just to kill time, hanging out with a friend. And it was a very underwhelming experience for me personally. Mm. They talked about money to me for some money? time, which yeah. is not what my chief concern in that moment was. I saw, um, I got my cards read in New Orleans. Mm. And it was one of those things that I stayed at an Airbnb with someone who uh, made their living as a tour guide. He kind of was this like, kind of Hunter S. Thompson-y type of character. Seems about right. And he was like, he was like, I don't drink. And I, w- I went to New Orleans by myself. And so he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I actually don't know what I'm doing here. I just kind of want to like hang out. I, I really like, like the band I Hate God and wanted to see <laughs> what this was like. 
Um, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, do what you got to do. Go to a fortune teller. Like, go hang out of the quarter if you feel like it. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went to a, I went mm-hmm. to someone who read my cards, and uh, I think for the moment that I was in in my life, she gave me, she gave me what I needed really? to hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's good. I she, mean, she just told me to relax, and I was like, <coughs> I was like, nine months sober, and I was like, yeah, I do need to relax. Honestly, yeah, that's. I think that's always good advice. Yeah. Um, I guess on that topic, like, what is your general feeling about that type of thing? Like, What's that? You know, like oh, mysticism. Yeah. Like, what? Where do you fall on the the spectrum of that? Wow. Um. You know, I think that there are forces that cannot be explained. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that I believe in in magic and dread. And I will say that I throw salt over my left shoulder if I spill the salt. Mm-hmm. But I also go out of my way to walk under a ladder. Just because for me, there's something in the... Um, I want to fuck in, with the machine a little bit. No, just in the acknowledgement that mm. that there's something... There's a force that says throwing salt over your shoulder is something that you need to do walking under a ladder that there's a that there's a force that comes just with the idea of a ladder being placed there sure and sure walking under it feels more participatory to me that makes sense to me it's it's committing to the bit Mm -hmm. it's going with it yeah i like that i like that i think that i've studied the JFK assassination conspiracy theory so heavily that you have to believe in some sort of like underlying power, whether mm, it's human or even even greater. Everybody should read Libra by Don DeLillo. That's all I'm going to say on that. I am endlessly fascinated by JFK stuff. So uh, you see my cards up there, I, my I coup d'état, assassination of John F. Kennedy trading cards. Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. I can't wait to hear them, and uh, I also can't wait to hear what you rate this song. I give it three warm pisses out of five. Uh, yeah, I think, I think three out of five is where I'm at with it too. It's got parts that I like. It got it's got parts that don't stick, but you know, within the context of of what it is and what this record is, I think it's good and i also think that the attempt is a is a worthy attempt yeah the the parts i like outweigh the parts i don't i would never put this on someone's intro to alkaline trio playlist i wouldn't even put i it, wouldn't put it on their their two disc intro to alkaline trio i would put it near the bottom if i was ranking songs from 2000 and before but yeah. that just speaks to the quality of material we're dealing with for me absolutely uh so even in this area to to quote uh a different man entirely even when they're at their worst they're still better than most as of this time very nice hey um if you like what we are doing here over at as you were a podcast about alkaline trio why don't you tell a friend about it i'm sure they would love it oh and you could tell them to subscribe to it on apple Podcasts or stitcher why not both why not both and why not say hey you know what you could do? You could help keep the show going over at patreon.com slash as you were. Came in some food in our bellies, and you get some nice perks. We 
just did a very, very fun, long episode. Very long. The top 10 Chicago punk records of all time. Everybody uh, over on the Patreon is given us lots of good feedback about that and we've got lots more stuff like that coming you can also participate in a poll every few weeks we give our patreon subscribers the opportunity to vote on what song we talk about next there's a lot of mugs in my living room for mm-hmm. purchase um all sorts of fun stuff over there but more than anything we hope that this finds you well. We hope that you are exercising your rights as an American citizen and you are telling these motherfuckers to get out of here, get some get new out. blood in here, and we can't wait for that. We will see you next week. Thanks, folks. I will-